Okay, our next speaker is um, Ann Ladowski. Uh, Ann graduated from the Robert Wood Johnson School of Allied Health Physician Assistant Program in 1986. Since 1997, she has been practicing dermatology for a large group in Florida, along with general dermatology, skin cancer surgery, and performs various cosmetic procedures, including laser, Botox, dermal fillers, and sclerotherapy. She's been incorporating photodynamic therapy in her practice for more than two years, and appropriately colored blue slide, I introduce Anne, talking about blue light therapy. supposed to be on here. Am I on? I guess I'm on. Okay. Um, Thanks for having me. I am going to spend a lot of time talking about off-label things with with blue light and um, levulin or aminolevulinic acid. I would like to thank DUSA Pharmaceuticals who sponsored this talk and uh, some of the slides are um, from them. So uh, I'm being paid by DUSA to give this talk. So I hope that I will not have any conflict of interest because I'm going to be very objective. And I'm going to save a lot of time at the end for questions and answers so we can talk about some off-label things that we're all doing with uh, PDT, photodynamic therapy. Can I have a show of hands as to how many people in the audience may be having a blue light or using levulin with a light source in their practices? So more than half, okay. I am not gonna spend a lot of time talking about AKs or um, basic modalities using this um, blue light with AK patients. I'm gonna go over the basics very quickly and then go on to talk about some of the more new and evolving things. I think it's very interesting when you do some research on this um, light therapy that it goes back to ancient times, how the Egyptian people used photosensitizing plants exposed to light to treat diseases like vitiligo and psoriasis. So for many, 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 many years, people have been using um, different chemicals found in nature combined with light to treat things of the skin. So this is a very, very old therapy and it seems to have a lot of emerging uses that I think we're finally going to see explosively in the near future. It was around 100 years ago that some dermatologists and um, students figured out a way to treat skin cancer with photodynamic therapy, and they used the eosin dye as the photosensitizer. They treated um, also condyloma 100 years ago with intralesional eosin followed by light exposure. I didn't know that until recently. We know that the um, ALA, levulin, keristic, with blue light was approved in 1999 by the FDA. Well, actually, the stick in 99, and then the light was approved in 2000. And we know that the basic uh, principle of, of this treatment for actinic keratosis involves protoporphyrin-9, which the levulin is metabolized into after uh, being exposed to the skin. We know that this chemical is selectively uh, aggregates towards disease stratum corneum and to cells that have an increased metabolic rate. 
So it makes this chemical ideal for treating uh, actinic keratosis. And as we go on to see acne and sebaceous hyperplasia, we know that levulin also has an affinity for the sebaceous pilosebaceous unit. And that makes another great target for photodynamic therapy um, with acne treatment. Basically, when you compare photodynamic therapy with um, um, ALA and blue light to the other modalities, they all have a different mode of action, but they all result in necrosis of the target, the actinic lesion. Um, one of the things that we can say is that the blue light therapy probably is the most foolproof in that it's unheard of to have scarring with the application of blue light um, after ALA application because of the, the very um, small depth of penetration, two millimeters of the blue light. It's a lot easier to scar somebody and give them some post-inflammatory changes with the cryo spray. Although you have to use cryo to debulk lesions if they're very hypertrophic, or maybe even ED them, curette them. We know that um, we can use many different light sources to activate the levulin or the ALA. And the most common one now is the blue light. We can use certain um, lasers like KTP and pulse dye. We can use IPL. But they have less absorption um, by the levulin. So the peak absorption is with the blue light. So it's a very low wavelength in the 400s, low 400s. Even though the blue light is um, a very minimal, very superficial penetration, it has shown the best uh, elimination or reduction of AKs compared to any other light source. So when thinking about treating acne, um, you know, you may want to use a, a deeper wavelength light source, like a pulse dye laser. But when you want to eliminate actinic damage, you, you really need to use the blue light because those lesions are superficial. And if you in studies, if you could compare, you know, an equal patients with similar skin types and conditions, you'll see that there will be less um, results in a pulse dye patient versus a blue light patient with actinic damage. This is the 400 wavelength, and this is the peak absorption of um, the blue light by the levulin. And then this goes on to show that KTP is a much smaller blip, and that's in the 500 wavelength. And then you have just about at 600, you have the um, pulse dye, and then a broader box there, that's the um, IPL, intense pulse light. You know, that is not a narrow, narrow wavelength. It's much more broad. I use IPL to activate uh, levulin much more for a photo-aged patient versus somebody that's um, just having actinic damage. Briefly, I want to tell you that the, the way I choose a patient who is going to be my ideal candidate for photodynamic therapy will be um, through finding out what their history is of treatment, not, you know, if somebody used FUDEX and they were so happy with it, then I will just repeat that. 
if somebody has a work schedule that won't allow them to have some time away from light, I won't choose photodynamic therapy. So picking the right patient is very important to get success and minimize side effects. I think that every patient would have to have a pre-treatment consultation no matter what uh, we're treating with photodynamic therapy. They have to understand the length of time they'll be in the office to bring a hat, to plan for a two-hour or more visit, and to understand what their post-treatment skincare is going to be and make sure that they have those items either bought ahead of time or that they could purchase through your office and bring home with them because they can't go back out to buy something. You know, they have to stay out of the light for 36 to 48 hours. Comfort during the procedure is very, very important. Um, bed needing to be adjustable. A lot of our patients are elderly. Um, we need to be able to have options to seat them, to lie down. I have a patient that I'm treating the axilla for, um, what am I treating him for? Um, anyway, I'm treating the axilla, and he's lying down with his arm up, and so I have to have a bed that he can um, be adjustable on, and I can move the machine over the patient. We use fans, uh, small handheld fans, and a large fan directed towards the treatment bed. Um, we keep a timer outside of the, the treatment room so we know how our patients are doing through the closed door as far as what their timeline is. We use a baby monitor um, in the room and then we have the, the um, transmitter at the nurse's station so if a patient starts screaming out or moaning or whatever then the medical assistant or nurse can go in and attend to the patient because some people, first timers, will get a little nervous as the intensity of that heat sensation builds over the first few minutes. And I find that everyone should be checked on in that first five or six minutes to reassure them that that discomfort is going to level off. And usually the second half of the treatment is going to feel no worse. So they're going to hit a plateau and they're going to do just fine. For our patients post-treatment, we spray them with uh, spring water and apply something um, with a physical sunscreen that's chemical-free, send them home with um, like a Cetaphil type of soap-free cleanser. We use an Aquaphor healing ointment or um, a copper ointment for application of something emollient and with petrolatum. An occasional patient that has a lot of discomfort and leaves the office with a lot of redness, I will give them a sample or two of a mid-potency steroid to take with them to use for the first couple of days, and that will really help eliminate phone calls. I tell the patients ahead of time to take ibuprofen for inflammation and pain if needed, and I tell patients to take Benadryl if they find that they're, they're very swollen. Anybody that has reaction close to the lower lid, I tell them to expect, you know, periorbital um, swelling and to not worry in a couple of days, that'll get better. I find that if I go over all of these things, the patients don't panic and I don't get a lot of phone calls because I really don't want to bring them in for a post-op check because I don't want them to be in the light and I practice in Florida. I've only had one patient request pain pills after photodynamic therapy, and she was a real wimp. And uh, we've, we've done a couple thousand treatments, and I think really she didn't know what to expect, and so she was taken a bit by surprise. 
you know, the uh, treatment itself is FDA approved for scalp and face, but we also will use it on chest, back, arms, legs. There's some data showing um, treatment of arms and legs in um, transplant patients who are prone to frequent squamous cell carcinomas. But I do find that the um, response is less in those areas. The uh, skin needs more um, rough prep, longer incubation time, maybe even occlusion with saran wrap. Uh, somebody in the audience told me earlier that they use Effudex for a week prior to then um, their session with the Levulin incubation followed by light for arms, because that is a tough area. I think the beautiful art of photodynamic therapy is once you've given somebody their first treatment with your basic standard protocol, then the second treatment can be customized to the patient. I see my patients at two weeks follow-up, whether it's any diagnosis, um, acne or photoaging, rosacea, and to see how they did. Because most likely they're gonna have a second treatment and I wanna know how to optimize that treatment. If they tolerated the procedure very well, I will almost always increase the incubation time from 30 to 60 minutes. Um, I might even suggest microdermabrasion session with my esthetician immediately before the levulin application. Um, as well as when the, the previous reaction has been very brisk, I can decide not to treat again, or I can shorten the incubation time. And rarely you can shorten the, the time under the light, which I haven't had to do, but I've seen happen before. And this is a, a DUSA photograph, and this patient had one treatment with one stick of um, ALA and had one hour incubation, and this is the four-week post-treatment. This guy's like the poster child for photodynamic therapy because he lost a lot of actinic damage. I would say more than 75%. Um, in general, to reach a 90% or more improvement in overall lesions, it is recommended that we do two treatments. I'll make that decision at the first post-op visit. I tell my patients when they come in the first time, we may do this once, we may do it twice, let's see what happens. You'll get a lot better, but you know, if you responded well and there's still some lesions left, we may do a second treatment. Um, also, if I have a patient that has a lot of actinic damage, but also maybe a rosacea patient, I might, even from visit one, think about activating the levulin with a KTP laser and then finishing off with blue light activation. Again, totally off-label. I might bring um, my first time, you know, very fair-skinned patient that has the, you know, the skin you see all the time with a lot of overlying problems. Um, you know, a little seborrhea, a little rosacea, a little telangiectasia, and a bunch of AKs in a type one or two skin patient. So what I do often is say, well, we can get the other things besides those actinic changes. We can do it all at once if you'd like to. And I will um, pre-treat as normal, but then wash the levulin off and apply a KTP laser as I would if I was treating rosacea. 
and then immediately when finished, put them under the blue light for the 16 minute 40 seconds because I want to get both wavelengths going. I want to activate the levulin at different levels and I want to get you know, more of the problems out of the way that I can. I also think that the little bit of deep heating with the laser is going to be anti-aging. It's going to give a little collagen stimulation and you know, I think that helps rosacea as well. And oftentimes I'll put a patient on a retinoid retinol or prescription retin-A in between their sessions because I think building up the collagen and reducing the, some of the things that age the skin will eventually also reduce their rosacea, not, not just their AKs or their wrinkles. Um, DUSA does have an FDA approval for the treatment of acne vulgaris and it came out a few years ago, but it is without levulin. So you can um, apply the blue light after doing a skin prep with acetone as you would before levulin and uh, applying the standard amount of light. And protocols that I've heard and that I've done is twice weekly for four weeks or about eight sessions. No reason why you couldn't do more. But if you don't have um, something like levulin, you know, helping you along, you don't have a whole lot of porphyrins in the oil gland unit. You do, you know, acne bacteria and other facial bacteria make porphyrins, and that becomes the um, target for the blue light. But it's not a strong target as the, um, as the levulin would be, so you have to do repeated treatments. The benefit is you don't have the light sensitivity afterwards. You don't have the brisk redness, swelling, and discomfort. Patients who are in high school can come in and do a session and go right back to school. So it's, it's quick and easy. And in my practice, I wouldn't even see that patient after the first consultation. I would give them to my esthetician if they're doing, photo, if they're doing blue light without levulin. And um, I don't like to talk about money, but I wanted to tell you how much I charge because perhaps people were thinking, well, how does she, you know, how does she work that? It's not I can't get it covered by insurance even though it's FDA approved. And we charge the patients $50 a visit. I'd be interested to um, hear what you guys do for that. So I want to tell you that I feel that the treatment of acne vulgaris for long-term um, improvement is going to be much more effective, long-lasting, if we add the ALA. We're going to get a lot more protoporphyrins, a lot more light um, absorption, and we're going to get a lot more heat, because I think if we can get enough heat in that pilosebaceous unit, then we can decrease oil production long-term. And I think that's what you need to do to get efficacy with acne and to have it, you know, be lasting. The pulse dye laser is probably the most effective light source for acne. And we, we said that the blue light was the most effective for AKs because it was so superficial. Well, the pulse dye is a, a nice deep wavelength and it's attracted to reds. And, it, and of course, it's going to be um, attracted to the levulin and the levulin is going to be attracted to the oil gland. So we're going to get some deep heating. IPL is great. You can use that also. 
I find that IPL has less ability to adjust for patient skin type. I find that lasers are much more um, customizable to the patient. You can you have more variability in adjusting your wavelengths and your pulse widths and things that can make the treatment um, safer for the patient. I think that IPL is not quite as customizable. You might have a little bit more problems with PIH or you know overheating the patient. I perform um, treatment every two to four weeks. It really depends on the patient. If they're very, very cystic, probably every four weeks, and I do at least three treatments. I have seen sebaceous hyperplasia melt away after at least two treatments. I've seen diminished pore size, patients reporting a diminished oiliness, and seen tremendous improvement of the acne. This is not FDA-approved use of blue light and ALA. Therefore, there's no way we can bill insurance, so I think the cost is, is a big obstacle. But if I have a patient that has failed, or it does not tolerate, or is allergic to, or doesn't believe in something oral, and I've used all the topicals in the world, I feel like at least I have something else to offer my patient. Um, you know, I had a patient with IBS, and he just didn't want to go on Accutane because he was afraid that he would get a flare of his IBS. And, um, you know, so we did this treatment, and he had six good months after three sessions, and then he had a flare, and we decided to go on Accutane um, because he was just so disgusted by then. But for six months, we saw really good results, and if he had wanted to, he could have done a couple more sessions of photodynamic therapy, and, you know, without something systemic, could have had great improvement. I, I just think there's not a lot of information out there for us to know how long it's going to last for. So I don't tell patients that it is going to be curative like Accutane. I tell them that there is going to be a need for maintenance and um, kind of like laser hair removal. I do not wash the levulin off of my patient before administering blue light when I'm treating AKs. But when I use an alter alternative light source, I wash my levulin off. Uh, I just don't want anything on the skin that's going to get in the way of my light um, penetration because I need to penetrate deep. Post-op care is very similar. The patient will be light sensitive. Um, when I treat with an alternative light source, I always pre-treat for um, HSV. Um, cold sores with a Valtrex if the patient has a history. If they don't have a history, I don't, I don't pre-med. I give like Valtrex one gram BID for three days starting the day before the treatment. I charge $400. Um, if I'm going to do photodynamic therapy for my acne patient because I'm going to use a non-blue light um, light source. I'll usually use a KTP laser or a pulse dye laser. If I have a patient that has acne or rosacea but also has actinic changes, I will go ahead and bill insurance if their insurance covers PDT and I will bill for the levulin stick and the administration of the, of the blue light to the insurance 
and then I'll go ahead and add a patient charge for my laser application so that the patient's going to kind of pay half. And just some food for thought on that. This is a before and after with pulse dye and um, ALA, three treatments, uh, two weeks apart, three months post-treatment. I can tell you even one treatment, you'll see tr tremendous initial improvement because you have a lot of anti-inflammatory effects. Um, even if you used laser without um, light source, you see a tremendous amount of improvement in acne lesions, I think. I think what we're all wanting to figure out is how long is it going to last for? And how many times do we have to do it before we think we've done it enough that that's going to be permanent? Or will it ever be permanent? Um, I have started using my blue light in different ways, and I'm still experimenting. Um, earlier I mentioned about my patient with the axilla. He has hydradenitis superativa, and just for kicks, I'm, I'm testing photodynamic therapy on him. And, um, you know, he lays on his side and does kind of like a beach pose. And um, I'm activating with blue light right now and two-hour incubations. And after I finish, I'm going to do, I'm just doing one side, and then the other side, I'm going to try with laser next. But he's just getting started. Sometimes you have a patient that comes into your office and they're new and they have acne and they have prom in two days and they're distraught and they want to get well immediately. And you really have nothing for those patients. Maybe some intralesional cortisone and some good makeup. Um, sometimes when patients are really distraught like that, I, I will put them under the blue light. We'll um, get the esthetician to clean them, acetone prep, and... Um, just put them under the light, and they will tell you in a day or two they're better. It's a mild treatment, but we do know that light and heat will reduce the current wave. So sometimes when I have a, a patient like that and they're asking for a little something, what can I do right now, you know, get this started? I don't think a peel is going to give them immediate result or a microdermabrasion, but I think the blue light can, and I find that it's a great adjunct. And again, then that patient goes to my esthetician, and then she tells them all about skin care. And then we figure out, you know, what the um, prescription regimen is going to be, and then she educates them. So the patient's just seeing two professionals and um, getting a little bit more understanding about what's going on. I also have um, started taking patients that perhaps just have anti-aging concerns or just have telangiectasias. Um, or just maybe have sebaceous hyperplasias and who were thinking of doing laser anyway, and I offer them Levulin as like an additive thing. You know, and when I consult my patients now, um, I'm like, you can do this with or without, depending on your schedule, your finances, you know, how much downtime you can, you can deal with. Because when you put Levulin on and apply laser, you're going to have a lot more erythema, and it's going to be very difficult for your patient for the first week to go to work and and um, hide under the radar. So, um, But I would say that a significant amount of patients now are opting for this new, improved, you know, accelerator of their treatment. I want to also tell you guys that when I first started doing the um, PDT, our results were not what the studies said, and we were kind of disappointed. And I think that there wasn't a lot of guidelines in the... Um, literature to let us know exactly how we would do it. And what 
we found over time is that we had to be more aggressive with applying the medication, with pre-scrubbing the skin vigorously, uh, degreasing the skin vigorously, exfoliating the skin vigorously. If anybody out there is performing the therapy and they feel like the results are suboptimal, I will tell you when you just pick up the pick up the aggressiveness, um, the results are so much better. So the first year we had the equipment, we did so-so, and the second year, like, we're, we're kicking butt with it. Um, and like I said, sometimes if that's not enough, pre-treat pre the patient with microdermabrasion, pre-treat them with a retinoid. Um, I feel that if a patient can handle it, the more erythema, oftentimes the more you're going to get that um, inflammatory response. You're going to um, get all the immune cells to come around and see what's going on. You're going to stimulate collagenesis. Um, it, it's a good thing if the patient can take it. I think, you know, um, the more you beat up the skin, the more it's going to reorganize and build collagen. And for those of you who have not had this system, this is the Blue U. It's one of two... Um, light sources that are approved by the FDA. And it's this little um, stand with this big dome light, and it, and it uh, swivels around so the patient could sit, and you could put the light over them, or behind them, or in front of them, or you can lie them down and put it over their head, and you have to get creative. Um, but at, we're doing so much photodynamic therapy in our practice that we probably need another light because you get backup time in the room, and patients are under light for 17 minutes, and we like sometimes do two to three an hour. These are my references. Um, I was hoping for questions. Can you use the mic? When you are uh, using a laser uh, with the levulin, how are you laying your pulses down? Like for acne, I mean, are you just treating the active lesions or are you doing pulses all over the entire face? Whenever I treat the skin, I treat the entire face. When I apply levulin, you know, I might put more on the active areas, but then generalize it all over. And the same thing when I do laser. I'm gonna laser the whole entire face I might double pulse over, over big acne lesions to give them a boost. But I'm definitely going to do the whole field because I want it all to blend in. Um, and I want to give them that little bit of benefit all over, a little bit of oil reduction, pore size reduction, et cetera. Do you overlap your pulses at all? A little bit. OK. Thank you. You're welcome. I just had two questions. Number one is, um, have you treated uh, with the PDT and the blue light, disseminated actinic porokeratosis? And if you have, what parameters have you tried? I have not done that. I, um, I need to try. I have been using like Tazerac for those patients. And I have, that's one thing I haven't tried yet, but um, that's what I'll do next. <laughs> okay. Um, the other but you know, that also tends to be lesions that are more in the arms and legs, and those are really frustrating areas to treat because you just don't seem to get the penetration of the levulin, or you don't, it doesn't seem to metabolize. Because you know, once you put levulin on the skin, it has to metabolize to its active protoporphyrin 9. And I think everybody has different metabolisms for that, but I think arms and legs just don't do that very well. 
As a side note, I have uh, three female, about 50-year-old patients that I'm working with this right now. And one of them, we pre-treated uh, Kerak twice a day for 10 days for her arms and upper back with pretty, pretty good response, actually. She said it was better than um, you know, any other treatment she's had for the last 15 years. And then um, we also treated the front of her thighs. I haven't seen her back. Um, she, I found out after the fact that she had applied it twice a day for three weeks. So we'll see how that looks. Um, my other question. Let me ask you a question. Yep. So you pre-treated with the CARAC, and then you did photodynamic therapy with levulin and light. Correct, with the bullet. Awesome. Okay. Yep. And, and pretty good response with that. But I, again, I'm, I've told her I'm experimenting with this. We'll see how it works. So um, my other question is I'm losing access to my Blue U and um, have been just told yesterday that they have a clear light luminous, and I don't know anything about that uh, luminous clear light. As long as it has a blue light, it'll be perfect. You know, just like a KTP laser is 532. It doesn't matter who makes it and what they call it. As long as it has that right wavelength and then you learn, you know, the parameters of your equipment and how to operate it. Um, I forgot the name of the other one that's been out for a while, the blue light. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That's what I think is so great about this therapy is we're, we're developing recipes and formulas of what to do for different kinds of patients and uh, combining things like the fluorouracil with then levulin and then the treatment and then, then also having fun with how we're going to maintain those results and what to do afterwards, you know, retinize them or, or whatever. Hi. For your HS patient, what's your protocol that you're using? For your hydradenitis patient? I can't hear you. For your hydradenitis patient? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I did the first visit one hour with a standard 16-minute, uh, 40-second, and then the patient had minimal erythema and minimal improvement. So I've done a second treatment with a two-hour incubation and the 16-minute, 40-second, and then the patient's going to be coming in for a third, and I'm gonna, I decided to keep it at two hours because the patient had a little bit more inflammation but continues to get much better, so I didn't see a reason to increase it further. How frequently? Uh, every two weeks. Well, I, I had a family emergency, so the first and second treatment were, so it's turning out to be once a month. So he's going to have three treatments uh, monthly, but so far improved, but I really don't know how long that's, that's going to last for. But, you know, you always try something different for these patients because Nothing um, we don't have a cure for them. Right. How about getting the blue U over the site? Are you having a problem getting them close Well, you know what, I wanted to, once I did one side, I wanted to do both at the same time and get things going once I tried one side. And um, we just can't figure out how to get the blue light over both sides at the same time and get the patient positioned, so we're having to do one side at a time. And then the other thing is that this patient is my experiment. He's my first one, so I'm not charging him anything. Um, <laughs> So we it's okay. collaborate. <laughs> yeah, so it's okay for him to, you know, just come uh, multiple times. He's retired. Right, great. Thanks. You're welcome. Are there any other questions? Or anything I didn't cover towards the acne um, side? Thank you very much.